0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us. So be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Romans, chapter nine. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: This sorrow to Paul was so grieving to his heart that he said, If it were possible, I wish myself a curse that they might come. They, my brethren, might come to know Christ. Are y'all getting that? This is a remarkable statement. Paul says if the Jewish brethren would give their life to Christ, if they would recognize the Messiah, Paul says I would give my own salvation for it. That's a pretty amazing statement. And I think what we learn here is that Paul truly has the heart of Jesus. Because the Bible tells us the fruit of the Spirit is what? More than three people know that. The fruit of the Spirit is And we know as we've read the scriptures that Jesus showed the ultimate form of love as he came down and laid down his life. And he took on the Bible says eternal suffering on the cross and he suffered everything that we might be saved. Love doesn't go any deeper than that that you are willing to give up your own salvation in order for someone else to be saved. You know, it reminds me of Moses as Moses prayed for the people and Moses said, Lord, take my name out of the book if they will give their lives to Christ. And here we have, Paul says, Lord, make me a curse. Moses says, blot me out. I'm going to tell you something. I love (laughs) y'all. But I must say, If God said to me, and I'm just going to say what I know y'all are thinking, all right? If God said, Rodney, you can give up your salvation. if If you give up your salvation, everyone that goes to Calvary Chapel will be saved. If you give up your salvation, you become a curse, anathema. That means eternally damned. Rodney, if you're willing to be eternally damned for Calvary Chapel, then they can all be saved and you will go to hell. I would say, well see you, wouldn't want to be you. I don't know what to tell you. But y'all going to stand on your own two feet. I got to get to heaven. I'm trying to go. I'm just trying to make it. Somebody wave at me and say amen. You know that's right. You ain't giving up your salvation for nobody. But I mean, I do love the idea that... uh, And I mean, how far? I mean, I guess it kind of sort of kind of does beg the question. How far are we willing to go to share the gospel? You know, some of us are so, you know, we're not only not willing to give up our salvation. We're not even willing to go across the street and tell somebody about the Lord. You're not going to tell the person that works with you every day about Jesus. Because they might start calling me names. Oh, they might talk about me if they know I'm a Christian. I mean, I don't want to go too far with this Jesus stuff. I'm talking to a brother the other day, he told me he took another job and uh, he said, you know, I'm, I'm I want to tell them I've told them that I'm a Christian. He said, I wanted them to know before they really cemented and sealed the deal. He said, I wanted them to know that I'm a Christian. He said, because I, I believe in that. And, and, I, and we've taught that here at the church. You tell people you're a Christian. Won't you ever be ashamed of being a Christian? So, what are they gonna talk about you? They're gonna talk about you anyway. <laughs> you know that's right. So, why not? You tell them you're a Christian, you don't be ashamed. Paul says, I wish I were accursed if Israel could be saved. So Paul, listen, let's get back. Paul was heavy because his heart was broken because the Jewish people were lost. And part of the reason, listen, for the anguish is because they had special privileges with God. Israel had tremendous, awesome blessings that they didn't take advantage of. Let's point them out. If you will, Paul lists seven of those blessings that they had with being a Jew. Number one, go ahead and look at your Bibles in verse Verse four, they were the chosen people of God. They were adopted. Acts chapter seven, where you with us? We know that Stephen tells us the glory of the Lord appeared to Abraham. The Bible lets us know that Abraham, when God called him, watch this. When God called Abraham, he was an idol worshiping Gentile. And yet God called him. And yet God separated him and God took a nation from him. God made a nation from Abraham. And we have the 12 tribes. They were adopted, Paul says. And my heart's grieved because you don't know it and you don't recognize it. Number two, talking about the blessings they had of being a Jew. The Jews were given glory. Given glory. You looking at it in verse 4. This is a reference to the Shekinah glory of God that followed Israel through the wilderness and later came into the Holy of Holies. And then hundreds of years later, you know, Solomon's temple was built and the glory of the Lord filled the temple and the people of God knew that God's presence was with them. They had the glory. Number three, they had the covenants, all the promises that God made with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, David. God promised to bless them, and he never went back on his promises. Number four, they had the law. The Jews loved the Torah. The Jews loved the law. They had the scrolls of the law. Number five, they had the service, which is a reference to temple worship. Not only did they have the law, but God carefully and meticulously described how the people should conduct themselves in worship and how to offer sacrifice, and how to bring offerings. And number six, they had the promises, which can still be found in the pages of Scripture. Promises. What promises? The promise of his coming. The promise to make them a people. The promise that Jerusalem will one day become the center of the earth. The promises that are still there, and God still means to fulfill his promises. To his people. And then, lastly, saints, listen, last but certainly not least, they had Jesus himself. They had the Messiah. The Messiah came from Israel. Jesus was a Jew born of a Jewish mother, reared in a Jewish home, received a Jewish education in a Jewish synagogue. And Paul says, Well, all of these blessings, and you don't know who you are. And you've turned your back on the blessings of God. And Paul says, that grieves me. Don't you know, do you know anybody who you know God's called them? You know God's blessed them, but they don't realize it. And doesn't it grieve your heart? It grieves your heart. So Paul says, now the question arises after all of these blessings, it arises. that if all of this is true, the blessings, the covenants, the glory, then why are they turning away from Jesus? When Jesus walked in in their midst, why didn't they receive him? With all this election stuff and with all this predestination stuff, then why was Jesus rejected? Paul answers that in verse 6. Are you looking at it? Say amen. But it is not that the word of God has taken no effect. For they are not, watch this, all Israel who are of Israel. Nor are they all children because they are the seed of Abraham. But in whose saints, Isaac, your seed shall be called. That is those who are the children of the flesh. These are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as the seed. For this is the word of promise. At this time I will come and Sarah shall have a son And not only this, but when Rebecca also had conceived by one man, even by our father Isaac, for the children, not yet being born, nor having done any good or evil thing, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, it's not of works, but of him who calls. It was said to her, the older shall serve the younger, as it is written, Jacob have I love, but Esau have I hated. Saints, give me your attention before we go any further. Remember last week I gave you the definition of predestination. And remember I told you it means to decide ahead of time. Predestination means to decide ahead of time, to foreordain. Election and predestination mean simply this. Listen, before you were born, Before you were even in your mother's womb, God knew you. God knew you apart from anything that you had ever done. God chose you. God ordained you and God picked you to be saved. Before you had an opportunity, are you listening to become the good self that you are? God picked you ordained you, called you, you must remember that God's election, predestination, calling, picking, call it what you want, is based on his foreknowledge. Talk about more about that next week. It's based on his foreknowledge. So before you were in the world and had done any good thing, God ordained you, God called you, God picked you, God predestined you to be saved. So then the question always comes up. It never fails to come up. Then if we've been predestined, elected, and picked to be saved, then why preach the gospel? If those people who are going to be saved are saved and those who aren't, aren't, then why preach? People ask, why evangelize? If that be the case, Rodney, then why are we giving out invitations to the Harvest Crusade? Well, listen, I think the answer to that is simply this. We are not God. Listen, this is deep and profound. We are not not God and we don't know who's been picked. You don't know and I don't know. No one knows. We don't know who's called. Not only that, but God didn't tell us to be concerned with who's called or not. He told us to go. Jesus said, go and be fishers of men. He didn't tell you to go out there and find out if the fish are biting. <laughs> he just just go do it, man. Go and be fishers of men. Paul says the reason I preach is because in this whole election predestination thing is because God has called us to preach the gospel. That's the position that Paul takes. Now listen, the reason the Jews rejected Jesus and aren't saved, here Paul makes the point in verse 6, it's not because, you looking at verse 6? It's not because God's word has no effect. Paul says, don't think the word has lost its power. Somebody say amen. Don't think the word has lost its power. He says, the thing that you must realize is that they are not all Israel who are Israel. Just because they are of the seed of Abraham doesn't mean they are all Children. Now listen closely. Listen, there is a difference between, watch this, Abraham's descendants and Abraham's children. You understand? There's a difference between Abraham's descendants and Abraham's children. Abraham's descendants speak of Israel nationally, the nation of Israel. Abraham's children speaks of every person who is born again, every person who puts their faith and believes in Jesus Christ. They are Abraham's children. You see, it goes on to say the children of the flesh are not the children of God, but the children of promise or the children of faith are the seed of Abraham. So God said, at this time, I will come and Sarah will have a son. Verse nine. Now, give me your attention. Let me tell you just a really quick story. Before Abraham had any sons, God promised him a son. And it was through this son, God said, the whole wide world was going to be blessed through this son. But Abraham, but God wasn't moving fast enough. For Abraham and Sarah. And so Abraham and Sarah came up with a bright idea. For Abraham to take Hagar, you know, and sleep with her. And from Hagar, who was born? Ishmael, you know that. So God said, Abraham, the promise will not be through Ishmael. And by the way, Abraham, I don't need your help. (laughs) The promise will not be through Ishmael, but through Isaac. And Ishmael, by the way, is a child of the flesh. And Ishmael is the father of the Arab people who are enemies of Israel even till this day. Abraham was 100 years old. And Sarah was 90 when they had Isaac. Y'all hear in the news that one woman 60 years old just had. I found out first service. I thought she had one child. She had two. And she was 60, or is 60, and y'all pray for her. Sarah, she had a son, and she was 90 years old. Abraham was 100 years old. And then years later, 13 years later, Isaac is 13 years old, and Abraham is 113 years old. Talk about a generation gap. Can you imagine? Well, how old are you, kids? 13. How old your pops? 113. Like, whoa. Big gap. So here's the point here. Note all the descendants of Abraham. Here's what Paul is saying are not the children of Abraham. So look at verse 10 and 11. Rebecca and Isaac had children and their names were who? Jacob and Esau. You know that. And God said the older shall serve the younger, which was out of the natural order. Now Esau became the father of a great nation, as did Jacob. But God chose Jacob before the boys were even born. Esau was the father of the Edomites and enemies of Israel, even until this day. Listen, they were descendants of Abraham, but they were not children by faith in Jesus. So, saints, here it is in a nutshell. Here's the point. Election goes beyond just having the right blood type. That's the point. Election goes beyond posterity. Election goes beyond works. Election is the sovereign choice of God. Election is all about grace. So God said, even of Jacob, Jacob I love, Jacob I've elected, and Esau have I hated. Now go figure that. Jacob, the crumb snatcher. Jacob, the heel catcher. Jacob. Jacob a man who you would not have chosen, a conniver. God says, I loved him. And God changed his name to Israel, which means what? Governed by God. You see, there's a lot of people who have a problem with these verses. But you know what? I have no problem with these verses. Jacob, I've loved. Esau, I've hated. I have no problem with these verses. I think the bigger question in my mind is God says, Jacob, I love. The bigger question in my mind is, God, why do you love anybody? God, why do you love me? You know, some of the deepest theology you will ever get your mind around is a little children's song. It's a little nursery rhyme or a children's song that says, here's some deep theology for you. Chew on this all week. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Think about that. Why does God love Anybody is the bigger question. I don't have a problem with Jacob. I love Esau. I've hated when God chooses based on his foreknowledge. I have a bigger problem with God. Why do you even love me? Why do you love anybody? He's an awesome God. Amen. Saints, this whole thing about election predestination. You know, somebody once said talking about the doctrine of election is so deep and rich That if you try to explain it, you will lose your mind, but you try to explain it away, and you'll lose your heart. It's so true. It's there for us to chew on and understand and accept and receive what the scriptures have to say about election and predestination. I'm going to read you something as we close. Give me your attention. Listen closely. As this is titled... Listen, are you listening? This is titled... Larry King interviews God regarding Romans 9 and election. Listen, Larry says, talk to me about free will. God, why is it that finite man will fight for himself having free will, but then turns around and is offended that I have it? Larry, good question. But I think I'm asking the questions. God, well, right now. Larry Hmm, right. Larry, why is it okay that you picked Israel and not, let's just say, Syria? Why Jews and not Canaanites? Why Isaac and not Ishmael? Well, I actually started with a man whom I chose. His name is Abraham. But why not a guy from outside of Israel and let's say from some pagan family? I did. Oh, that's right. You did that with Abraham. Uh, Okay. So why Abraham? to make him a great nation, to bless him, to make his name great. I didn't know that, says Larry. Well, you would have if you had come to church in Romans chapter 4. You would have found out that the promises are found five times in the scriptures. Is that that church with that awesome pastor? <laughs> God smiles. So you choose to bless this man, his family, to make him a great nation? Yes, but one more thing. I, I did this so he would be a blessing, that all the families of the earth would be blessed. Were they a blessing to all nations? Well, not really. They kept the blessings to themselves. So what did you do? I took the blessings away from them for a time. And in the meanwhile, I've given them to the Gentiles, my son's church. Wow, I bet that made the Jews jealous. It did. But even in that, I sought to win them through that jealousy. Well, how's the church doing with the blessings of the nations by sharing your good news? Well, the first group at the time of my son were told not to tell anybody who he was. And they told everybody. And after his resurrection, he told them to make sure that they told everybody. But they seem not to want to tell anybody. Oh, well, that's funny. No, that's tragic. So I understand you're still not finished with Israel. As you said, you took away their blessings for a time. So how long before you start up with them again? I'm not telling. Okay. So it really comes down to you choosing, huh, God? Doesn't it? That's a lot of responsibility on your part, isn't it? Yes, I guess you'll have to trust me with this one, Larry. Isn't that called faith? Now you're getting it, Larry. Last question. Can you tell me why avocados have such large seeds? Not yet. That's, that's fair. Well, I'm sure you have to get back to running the universe. I was. Oh, I guess so. This is Larry King live with God. I think this sums up God's election Why is it that people have a problem with God's election and God exercising his will to choose as he wants when we want to maintain our ability to make choices? God does the same thing. And can I share something with you? Again, I have no problem with election and sovereignty and the free will of God. I don't understand it all. I understand what the scriptures say. I don't understand it all. But I'll tell you something. I'm going to wrap up. I'm going to tell you something. I'm thankful for it. Because I've been elected. And I'm thankful for it because if you're a Christian, you've been elected. And so people go, well, how do we know if we're elected or not? People have asked me, Rodney, how do I know if I'm elected or not? Maybe I'm not elected. Maybe I am. I say, don't you want to be saved? They say no, I say, well, then you're not elected. <laughs> you want to be saved? Yeah, well, then you're elected. Because Jesus said, "Whosoever will somebody help me, whosoever will let them come." God knows, God cares. I'm thankful that God's ways are higher than our ways and past finding out. And I'm thankful that God took this whole thing, listen, of who goes to heaven and who doesn't go to heaven. I'm so glad God took that out of man's hands. Because we would mess that up. And some of y'all wouldn't even want me to be in heaven. I mean, we get involved in it. And, you know, salvation is of the Lord. Don't forget this. I'm wrapping up. I told y'all I'm still in California. I'm wide open now. Salvations of the Lord. That's why, I honestly, listen. I, I gotta share this with you. I gotta share this with you. I'll give me. Can y'all give me two minutes? All right. Salvations of the Lord, and that's why I don't really get into making a huge deal out of the altar call. I believe in them, and I think they're wonderful. I think they have their place. Come to Harvest Crusade, you're going to see people flooding on the floor to give their lives to Christ. I'm all for it. I'm excited about it. But I don't feel like every single Sunday I have to do an altar call. And if you don't do an altar call, well, that wasn't church. I mean, what kind of church is this? They don't do altar calls. I've had people say to me, why don't you do altar calls, Pastor Ronnie? I'm doing what I feel led of the Lord to do them. Because I understand election, I understand predestination, and I understand that God can save people even if they don't walk down the aisle. Somebody help me. <laughs> I said, Lord, I don't get I don't, I don't that's why I don't make a big deal. I don't know. You wanna get saved? Raise your hand if you want to get saved and you know, nobody raises their hand, and so you wait a few more I'm gonna wait. Raise your hand if you want to be saved. Well, nobody raises their hand. Okay. Raise your hand if you think you want to be saved. And nobody raises their hand. Okay. Raise your hand if you are wearing a yellow shirt. And it's like, we don't need to make a big deal out of altar calls because salvation is of the Lord. And anyone that wants to be saved, they can be saved by simply asking Jesus, Lord, to save me. And he will.